0: Shut up. Oh, there he oh. is! What's up, gang? What up, brother? Good How you doing, you. man? I ain't awesome. think I was gonna see you till next week. How you been? Good, man. Been doing well. Been doing well, man.
1: Awesome, brother. So, boss, man. Yes, sir. i chilling, chilling. I like see those you.
0: shoes too. I wasn't expecting. It pretty, that.
1: You,
2: I wasn't expecting. I like that. you, drip, right here. You guys sponsored by Happy Dad? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's good why we. You.
0: That's why we saw you in uh in Nashville. Okay. Yeah, we were out there uh, with them. Shit, sure, they like you, man, marketing geniuses. Those
2: are my boys, man. Those yeah. are my boys. Great guys. Yeah. Smart. Right. And they f- can work. Those kids work yeah. hard, man. They do. Hard. They, they've been on the road from California to New Jersey, you know, going store to store, promoting this shit. I did two days with them in uh, Nashville. Nashville, yeah, yeah. Saw, yeah. And I was like, f- this shit. I'm going <laughs> home, man. <laughs> two days was enough for me. Yeah. Put
0: on. Let me cap pinning it I father here to witness it get my people feeling militant way finish get me up on the mission get me up know me I got the key on this I can trust trust limit it take a stomach cap pinning it I father here to witness it get my people feeling militant way finish get me up on the mission get me up well man welcome to the pivot uh Channing Freddie T. Uh, obviously, this is Dana
2: White, UFC president, man. you sneakerhead.
1: Hey. You're sneakerhead, Dana? Yeah, man? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. That's pretty dope dunks right there. I'll, yeah.
2: I'll, I'll walk you guys through when we're done and <laughs> show you just what I got here at the office. All right, I want to check it out. Hey, like, what do you got
0: at the office? Well, you know, what's the they saying? Can't hide money?
2: Cannot hide
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you cannot hide it. But it's so it's so crazy, man. Like, I've been a fan. I mean, I'm a, a Spike fan. I used to buy uh, UFC Greatest Knockout uh, DVDs, yeah. all of those things. and it's like as much as the, the UFC has grown, I mean, other than this way, like you have grown too, you know what I'm saying? And you have grown with it. But I think so many times people see you sitting in that seat and, and strapping belts around people and they think life has always been, been great for you. But growing yeah. up for you was a little different. Like, how have you used things from growing up in, in Connecticut to help you be? truly the dude that's been the engine that's pushed the UFC to where
2: it is? Well, I was born in Connecticut because that's where my grandmother lived, so my <laughs> mom went there mm. to have to have me, but we, we, we lived in Boston. Okay. And, uh, and then moved to Vegas when I was in, like, fifth grade. You know, I come from a single mom who, who, who worked hard and didn't have a lot of money. And, uh, you know, um, the, the, the one thing that was very lucky for me is, I'm sure you guys run into this all the time with, with young people, If you ask them, let's say they're in college, and you ask them, uh, you know, what's your major? Like, well, I'm I'm majoring in political science, but I think I'm going to switch to this. They went to college because everybody told them if you didn't go to college, you wouldn't amount to anything. So they get to college and they don't know what the hell they want to do. And and, and the key to life is finding out who you are and what it is you love to do and what it is you want to do for the rest of your life. And where I was very lucky is I always knew, you know, and I always knew I wanted to be in the fight business. And, you know, back then, you you know, you're talking the mid-'80s. People thought that was the dumbest shit they ever heard. You know, that I wanted to be in the fight business. How you gonna make money doing that? How you gonna do you know? And uh, I didn't care. It was what I wanted to do, and it was what I was passionate about. So I spent, you know, my whole young life working toward that, you know, from the time I was 19 years old to today.
3: I saw you dropped out of college twice. Yeah. What, what happened?
2: Yeah, I got kicked out of high school a bunch of times, uh, and and had to go to different schools. I was just never a school guy. You know, I, 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 it's not that I didn't want to learn and I didn't want to be successful. Just school wasn't for me. So even when, um, you know, I started to get involved in in my own business and doing my own thing, you know, I did. I went to the bookstore and I bought books on marketing. I bought books on finance. I bought books on uh, PR. I just I just read books and and, and listened to uh, you know uh, people speak and, and stuff like that. That that was how I learned. And it was a lot more fun than going to school.
0: <laughs> Self taught.
2: <laughs> exactly. Self-taught, man.
0: And so like even even with that, you took over like you guys, you in, you in the Petita family, you took over a business that didn't necessarily have
2: a direction. the brand was was you know was horrible. The brand uh, you know, was called human cockfighting. It was illegal in many states, wasn't sanctioned by the athletic commissions. and uh, you know we uh, we saw what we thought it could be if it was done the right way, marketed the right way, run toward regulation, get it regulated, should be a real sport. These are real athletes. I mean, and when you looked at it, you have guys that could punch, kick, wrestle, do submissions, yet boxing, uh, kickboxing, wrestling, judo, and all those things were legal in actually Olympic sports. Right. Why couldn't this be something? You know, so that that was how we looked at it. The other thing that I always thought is that this could be a global sport and that this would work all over the world, because no matter what color you were, what language you spoke, what part of the world you are from. We're all human beings, man, yeah. and we like fighting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that, that, hey, that's real tough. You said it was a, 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 a trash brand. I read something somewhere. You bought it in 2001 for $2 million. Right. And you had to uh, get back the UFC.com website from a company, User-Friendly Computers. <laughs> that's what was exactly, that like? You
2: know that story. <laughs> yeah, so this guy owned User-Friendly Computers. And uh, this, this was my big first business mistake. So I called him up and we want to buy, you know, the, 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 the dot com from him. And uh, I, I don't remember the number, but he wanted something like like uh, twenty thousand dollars. And I mother him up and down. He's a piece of shit. Twenty thousand. Da, 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 da. He's like, Fuck you, he hangs up the phone. So we battle for years. the UFC just starts to go like this. So we end up paying like you know, crazy number—one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars for the yeah. thing. Eventually, when I should have took it for twenty thousand dollars in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. You know, you talk about th-
0: that business move not necessarily being, you know, uh, your smartest or the dumbest that you've made, but everything you've done since has has seemed to work. <laughs> like it really, it really has. It was all downhill after. I know. You know what I'm computers. saying? Like at, at the user friendly <laughs> computers, what was it that made you think that this could be? This big because it's 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 overtaking boxing. It's the number one combat sport and just and honestly, let's not say the number one combat sport. The number one promotion in the world.
2: Well, it's one of the biggest sports leagues in the world yeah. too. And you know when we sold, we sold for 4.025 billion, which was the biggest number anything had sold for in sports. See, Freddie T. That's how you could buy a lot of them shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, yeah. You see you yeah, that. And I- since <laughs> then, and everybody, when we sold. Everybody was talking about how Ari overpaid for it and what a stupid move, blah, blah, blah. And then the thing's just gone like this since then, too. So we always believed that this thing could be big if we did it the right way and it was done the right way. The question is always about the timing. Is the timing right? And the reality is the timing couldn't have been better because uh, technology has really been our friend. And, And I'm older than everybody in this room, but when... I grew up, and a couple of you might relate to this. We had channel three, channel five, channel eight, and channel 13, right? Yep. Then cable came, and you had like 30 channels on cable. Uh, then satellite came, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now there's a million f-ing channels, and uh, including streaming. All these streaming services are starting to happen, which was something that we dreamed about years ago. Because if you think about what my philosophy is that this works everywhere. Everybody gets it. Everybody likes it. How many people are there in the world? Seven and a half, eight billion people in the world, right? What's my ceiling? Right. What's stopping you? The, the more you continue to grow the sport and the more people you, you get to it, and uh, you've been to a live event, right? Yes. There's nothing better on TV than football. Football's the best sport in the world to watch on tv it's fun it's exciting you don't even have to be a fan of the teams Mm -hmm. and you love football um going to a football game live it's not as exciting it's it's not as good of an experience as watching it on tv in my opinion basketball i'm a big celtics fan we just swept you know brooklyn i couldn't be happier basketball is one of those sports you know if you got nothing to do you watch the whole game but really tune in for the last seven yeah. minutes of the game and watch mm-hmm. the last seven minutes. But f- live, and if it's you amazing. sit on the court, it's bad. It's yeah. fun as hell to go to a live basketball right. game, right? It's very energetic. I mean, the these dudes yeah. are f- huge, running, Quick slamming. Yep. You know, great passes. It's, 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 it's so much fun. So I could go on and on. The UFC is awesome on TV. It's a great television product, whether you're at home with your friends or if you're watching it in a bar, it's yeah. great. But when you go live, there's nothing like a UFC event live. And as we continue to travel this thing around the world and people come and experience that live event, nobody walks out of a live event and goes, yeah, I'm never coming to one of these again. You know what I mean? It's the exact opposite. You become addicted. So as we continue to move around and now that all this COVID bullshit's going away and we can actually start going back into other countries and putting on events and now they're streaming. Yeah. So... No matter where in the world we are, if I wanted to cut a TV deal, uh, you know, if I had a TV deal in the United States and I wanted this to air in Germany and France and England and Spain, I'd have to cut a million different TV deals. Now I only have to cut one. And not only do you only cut one, we can all watch it at the same time on the same channel. And I believe that in the next five to seven to eight years, there's going to be a Channel 3 a Channel 5, a Channel 8, and Channel 13, like there were. You know, the big ABC, NBC, CBS, when we were growing up, globally. Right. I don't know if it's going to be Amazon, YouTube, ESPN, Disney, I don't know who it's going to be, but there will be, you know, four or five big players globally.
3: And and Dana, you you say it, and it's so smooth when it comes off, but... (laughs) You got kicked out of high school. You don't have a college degree. <laughs> you took a two million dollar business into a four billion dollar business. Chain, this show is very bad
0: for parents. The, you know, par- like- the parents that are at home, like, listen, you got to get good grades. <laughs> yeah. You got to stay in school.
2: You gotta got to go to college.
0: Get a scholarship.
2: Yeah, I don't want to like, pay Man, for your shit, school. they
0: white, rich as hell.
2: <laughs> I, how do you think I have to explain that to my kids when I tell them they have to go to school?
3: <laughs> but that process, you even said that there were states that you couldn't even fight in. They wouldn't let you fight in. But now you're worldwide, like that
2: process of $2 million to $4 billion, How hard was that? Yeah, it was hard. It, it was hard, yet at the same time, it was awesome. It, it, we, we had a blast. I did it with people that I love. I mean, we were just talking about this the other day. W- one of the guys that works for me here worked for Major League Soccer, and he worked for the NFL. He said, you know what's so crazy about this place? When you walk around this building, people are like, yeah, I've been here for eight years. I've been here for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. My staff that works here has been here forever. Yeah. It, it, they, he was telling me that in sports in general, there's like a three-year window where people just keep churning through the place. Mm-hmm. We built something special here, and we all love what we do, and it's, it's, it's fun. We're like a, a, a big family here. And uh, that's why when COVID hit, I was so adamant about going through COVID and not laying off any of my people, and we'd figure it out, and we all stuck together. And then when it was time to work, when I did figure it out, and I'm sure I'm not saying everybody. There weren't some people that were scared and wondering what was. They all went to war with me, man. We all went out and we and we did it. And uh, I, I think since that's happened, we've become even closer. And uh, you know, here as a, a, a as a team, and uh, we all love what we do. So yes, it was hard, um, but yet at the same time, you know, like they always say, it, it's really all about the journey. And yeah, we've had right. a really Incredible journey, Danny. You mentioned COVID, though, and like you guys
0: were the sport that kept us going. I mean, you know, Kamzat Shmaev became a star du- during COVID. You had, you were able to have championship fights. You had, you had fight nights, and you did all of these things, and you moved around and, and, and found ways to do it when everyone else was making excuses. What was that process like for you? Because we see the final product, right? All, all I know is you're fighting in Dubai, DC's flying over there to, to 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 do you know the commentary, and it seems like it was a very easy process because of what we are getting. But what was that process like to get yourself in a place to where you could continue to have events when everybody else in the world was shutting down?
2: I, I have this philosophy that th- nothing is impossible. Never f- tell me no. Never say we can't. And uh, it just, if this thing was as bad as they were saying it was at the time, we're all dead anyway, man. You know what I mean? What are we yeah. gonna go f- and hide in our houses and possibly die? Not me. That- uh, and listen, as Americans, you have the opportunity to do whatever, if you wanna hide in your house, hide in your house. It's just, I'm not built that way. Right. You know. And I knew in Abu Dhabi, they were testing people. I'm like, well, if they're f- testing people, why can't we test people? Yeah. And then you start thinking, well, let's, let's, I, I was like, let's build a lab. Let's get some scientists, whatever. I don't know. Get people who know anything about this shit and let's build a lab here. We'll right. build a lab and we'll, 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 we'll see if we can do our own testing. And you know, th- there has to be a way around this guys. It, it's like this whole political bullshit that went on during that time with COVID. Right. It's almost like not only were we trying, were, were, we, whoever these, Whoever they are, trying to separate us, you know, the country, trying to make us weak, trying to make us, and my thing is always this: is America, man, Americans don't roll over for anything. We get out and we fight and we find a way to win and, and 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 to progress and to and to get through things like this. And and then once I started hearing shit about laying off, you know, thirty-something percent of my staff, I'm like, I'm not laying off one one of my people, it's not yeah. happening. So listen, we're either all gonna go down together and try <laughs> right. to figure this thing yeah, out or, yeah. or we're not, right? right? Yeah. What I'm not gonna do is hide in my house from a virus. Right. That's so, not gonna happen.
1: So you believe believing philosophy over fate. Um, I've been, I had to do a lot of research on this um, because I read somewhere again that you're an atheist. Do you ever have those come to Jesus moments though? like if a turbulent flight or anything like that
2: well no but th- i'm not going to lie there were a few times through this thing it, w- it was when you talk about how hard it was to build this business nothing was harder than going through covid mm-hmm. w- w- you know i'm being attacked by f- everybody i'm the devil mm-hmm. i care about money more than people and all this other bullshit rhetoric that that they want to put on you because they don't like that you're trying you know and uh you know, just had to battle through that, just live in my own bub- bubble here. But sometimes, I, you know, we, we'd hit so many dead ends and so many walls. There's a couple times I'm like, "What the f- are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Wow! You know, what, what are you doing? Am I doing the right thing?" Right. And I'd say yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Let's did, go. <laughs>
3: right. Did uh, Did Goodell or Stern or any, any other leagues? You talk to anybody that runs the other leagues when they saw it when they when you started? barreling through and going, like you said. And then when you, they saw it working, did anybody reach out to you?
2: Yeah, yeah, there were several teams that did reach out to us, uh, uh, leagues, uh, uh, especially when we set up in Abu Dhabi. And, uh, you know, at the time, President Trump put me and a bunch of the other guys in sports on a panel, and we would get on a call every week with, with the president and walk through how we would, uh, we would do this. And I, I, God, I don't even know if I should talk about this publicly, but. <laughs> you good? good. Uh, yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we I've do. I've never talked about this before. So we were on a call with the president one time, and I remember I was listening to everybody get on there and talk, and I was like, these guys are all full of shit. None of these guys are, are, are gonna fucking roll or, or, really wanna, or really wanna do what they're saying they're gonna do. Except for one. And when we hung up the phone, he f- texted me and said, why the f- didn't you talk on that, on that call? There's f- questions that need to be f- asked. You didn't ask any f- questions. You didn't do this berating me on this text. Three mm-hmm. guesses who it was. One of the sports guys. Oh, one best. of the other sports guys who was also going and he talked, but felt like he's like, why didn't you? And talk. Good deal? And I didn't talk cuz I felt like everybody was full of shit I mean, except for him. Roger was still going though. He just did it a different way. Vince McMahon. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Vince I, McMahon I, 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 starts I, I, texting me and basically <laughs> berating me after the call like why didn't you talk? Why didn't you f- why didn't you back up what I was saying and da, 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 we got to go through this and all this other shit. And I was like cuz I think everybody's full of shit. That's why except for you. Right. You're definitely not full of shit, Vince. You know, Vince is a killer. Yeah. And Vince was putting on his events down in Florida at the time, too. Yeah. So, when when you think about,
0: you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Vince, and obviously, you know, what you do, it's it's become like you you found a way to make stars in a sport that is very hard to make stars in because one second changes a career. Right. You know, you, you can have you can be Anderson Silva and run into Chris Weidman, and all of these things that you've built go away with a dang backhand. you know. And so to be able to, to, to build these stars and, and have the, the McGregor's and, and the John Jones, and Chuck Liddell was the guy that made me love the sport, how do you handle that from a marketing standpoint to make sure whenever that guy falls, whenever that guy falls, you have someone else that can carry the mantle? Or is that even important to you? Does the USC just stand because of the, the sport?
2: No, I mean, what what happens now is the brand has become so powerful that when you have the brand plus a star, it just makes the whole thing so much bigger. You know what's crazy is we, we have these guys, I mean, as you look on the board behind you, this is the war room we're in now. These are all the top 15 in the world in every weight class. Yep. They're behind you, right? And what starts to happen is when when Hamzat fought and... and, and uh, Abu Dhabi, and he gets done he's like, I want to fight next week too. Yeah. So, when I see moments like that, and I see these things, I immediately jump on them. That's one of my things that I'm actually good at, is I see these things in people, you know, and when the moment hits, I jump on it. I go to the matchmakers and I said, let's make him fight again next week, let's let's do it. Mm -hmm. And then they get all pissed off and argue with me and why he can't fight next week, but we get it done. He comes out of that thing, and then you look at the last fight fight's burn.'s Freaking war. Insane, right? Yep. I mean, huge star. And going through COVID like we were just talking about that our fan base grew 46 percent wow. when we went through COVID. 46 percent. Imagine that. right? When other people weren't playing, we grew 46 percent. So that, that's the other thing that I look at when some of these other guys um, are soft. You're looking for the right uh, word? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or soft. I like it. Uh, I'll fucking run them right over. I'll run them over. I love it. You don't want to play? Don't play. Hey, NBA, you don't want to go on TV? Stay off TV. NFL, you don't want to go on TV? Yeah. Beautiful. I'll go on TV. We'll be the only guys during the pandemic on TV. And think about this. And it's not just me. It's everybody in this room. We all real. you guys are all sports guys, but... We realized how important sports really are, when it was gone. Yep. I would have watched f-ing golf every day. That's how, mm. how much I was Jones. Bro- I hate golf. <laughs> I would have watched golf every day if it was on. Right. You know. Uh, people were watching the. Beanbag? <laughs> yeah. no, what's that shit? Corn. Uh, corn. Corn. Corn <laughs> right. was, was pulling numbers during
0: COVID. You know hey, what I mean? You want, any, you want any piece of a sport, <laughs> you can, you can you get can doing that. You lose that. Yeah, you, yeah. Mean, you mentioned pushing through uh, and kind of the call, you know, that you guys had. I was here for uh, McGregor Poirier, too. President Trump walks in, and the, there was only one bigger ovation or one
2: bigger uh, moment when somebody walked out, and that was when Conor walked out. I'm telling you, the the Trump moment in New York, I have never seen anything like that in my life. Everybody was on their chairs with their phones, and it was insane. Do you ever get pushback, though, from that relationship, especially during COVID? I don't give a shit. That guy's been a friend of mine for 20 years. He's one of the most stand-up, solid dudes that I've ever met in my life. If he gives you his word, done. I'm going to tell you a story off camera about him when we're done. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can get the you presidential story. pivot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You'll see why after, but um, yeah, no, listen, that guy's my friend, man. It's, it's like uh, we, we've been friends for a long time and, and nobody wants to get dragged out into the political arena. It's just, it's all bullshit and you know what I mean? It's all just a bunch of bullshit. And when, when, when he called me, this, this was when he was first going to run. And this is what he said to me. And let me explain this to you, too. So when we were talking about early on, when we, when we first got started in this business, and um, th- this, this brand was so bad that venues didn't even want us. You know? These arenas didn't want us at there. They're like, whoa, we, we don't want this stuff in our arena. So we had a hard time finding venues. And uh, Trump literally called us. Now remember this. Think about this, where the Trump brand was. Here, UFC brand was down here. Come to my place, you know, do the event here, we'll have you to Trump, Taj Mahal, blah, 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 blah. We get there, greatest setup for us, he did this whole thing for us, showed up to the first fight and was there till the last fight. Both times we went there. Everything that happened to me in my career from there on out, he would pick up the phone and congratulate me or send something. Always been a solid guy with me. So then he, uh, he calls me and says, I'm running for president. Now listen, if you don't want to do this, I completely understand. But I would be honored if you would speak at the National Republican Convention for me. Everybody told me not to do it. Everybody. And I'm like, this guy, all the things that he's done for me, I'm going to tell him no. No, nah, nah, that's not me. Yeah. I went up and I told the people the truth, who he is, what he's done for me, the type of person he's been, you know? And people who are close to him like that, like Tyson, too. Tyson spoke up for him, because he's always been good to Tyson. He's always been, you know... Why did people tell you not to do it?
3: Like, what was their justification of telling you not to do it?
2: Because he wasn't going to win. There's no way he was going to become the president of the United States. And to get out there and speak publicly, politically, you know, it's it's almost like the Jordan thing. You know, when, when they were talking about Jordan, I'm sure you guys watched the Jordan. Uh, yeah. Incredible, yeah. Right? I mean amazing. 12 times. <laughs> it reminded us all why we love Michael yeah. Jordan, right? So the Jordan thing, you know, I, I, I can't remember the, the exact scenario, but there was a black, a black uh, guy running for Democrat in North Carolina or something like that. And they wanted Jordan to go out there and speak. And he's like, Republicans buy shoes too, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's everybody's stance that everybody's liberals, you know, watch the UFC too. So you want to have your fan base as big as, as you could possibly have. But for me, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very loyal. And uh, that guy was good to me. There would be no UFC early on, you know, cause we had trouble getting venues. He helped us and, and, you know, he helped take us to another level. And at a time when he didn't have to, in a time when his brand was powerful and ours was nothing. So you, you
1: speak about the loyalty there, which we respect. I respect being loyal to your friends and people that have supported you. Is there, any, is there anything or any moment where he's done anything where you disagreed with?
2: I have lots of friends that do things that I don't absolutely agree with all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It doesn't make me not be their friends anymore. Right. You know right. what I mean? And some of the things that are said about Trump, and one, I'll racist.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's not a racist. I can tell you that. I've been around the guy for 20 years. And I could tell you a thousand stories that you don't want to hear. But, um, you know, one of the things that he said to me, he says, you know, it's hilarious. I've owned hotels and casinos my whole life. People from all over the world have worked for me. Never been called a racist till I became the president of the United States. And I've never seen anything or heard anything. Come out of his mouth, and all the time that I've known him, that would make me say he was. Do, do I love? Every, do, do I agree with everything that he that that he does and says? No. Um, are we a hundred percent politically aligned? No. Right. Um, <laughs> but you never will be with any president in the United States. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be a hundred. And then when you talk about him being a friend, my friends do things that I that, that I don't agree with sometimes, you know. But doesn't make me not be their friends anymore. Um, it's just different. At a level when you have somebody that's as polarizing as as, as Trump is,
1: take it down a notch and pivot to uh, to Joe, one of your other good friends. He made some controversial Who's comments. Who's that? Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made some other comments, and uh, he he owned up to you know those things that were uh, shown on the video. What was that moment like for you?
2: Another guy that I've known for a very long time, and. Uh, yeah, and, and, and the other thing is too, when Joe, when Joe said it, mm-hmm. you have to put it into context to right. what he said. Always. He wasn't <laughs> dropping it. He was saying, he was explaining what other people had said, mm-hmm. but he was saying the word. Apologized for it over and over again. And it's, it's like the Kevin Hart thing, whom I respect very much for what he did. You know, uh, you know he said a, a homophobic slur 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apologized for it. You know, did everything the right way, like you should. Yeah. Then goes the host the Oscars. And they're like, yeah, well, you're going to have to publicly apologize for this again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, f*** you. I apologized for that <laughs> right. 15 years ago. And, and I learned, and I'm a different person now. So I'm not going to apologize for it again. I mean, they, they, you guys know the world yeah, we right. live in right now. And, right. and if you let the media or these other people get in your head and do those kind of things to you. That's why, you know, at my press conferences and shit, I don't play with these guys. I don't mm-hmm. I I I don't play these 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 little. <laughs> I don't play these games with these guys that <laughs> yeah. that they try to play with us. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a tricky dude, world. Dude, we dude, live in the real
1: guys. Bostonian at heart. Uh, <laughs> I was up there for a few years with the Pats when I played there and uh, crazy crazy people say you're a big Celtics fan yep. uh, I heard you're a big Pats fan Yep yep uh relationship with Tom Brady Yep I mean what hey, Where you at now right Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh man the the Bostonian
2: man you people they don't give a f- That's true <laughs> that is very true Um Yeah Boston is a it's it's a lot different now than when I grew up there but it's it's a crazy place and uh but good solid people come out of Boston man and and uh you know love sports and you know it's it's yeah it's a different world I've been lucky that I've ha- that I've had both I've had east coast and west coast you know to, to be able to grow up in both places has been a a a really good thing for me so I've been very lucky
3: I want to go back so much like your friends and they have their their past and they do what they do and you know so have y'all been friends for Twenty years, thirty years, y'all been friends, and y'all have y'all businesses. What about your fighters? Like you talking about, like you you have a top fighter, and he, you know, I don't say make the UFC, but he's the face of the UFC. Yeah. Can you hate? Can you dislike a fighter? Like, can you dislike the face of the UFC?
0: You must still, have never watch that. You must have never watch any of his interviews.
3: And still, and still, but, but and
2: still <laughs> respect
0: that he's that guy.
2: Hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say the biggest one ever was me and Tito Ortiz. We hated each other. And Tito fought here for many years with us hating each other.
3: Like hating, like what? Like, y'all, oh, y'all, y'all
2: fucking hate each other. Y'all would walk past the hard wins and fuck you. 100%. He, he, he wore a shirt up on stage that said, Dana is my bitch. <laughs> yeah. At one of the weigh ins. Yeah. And I always talk about when we do interviews, I always make sure I let everybody know that he's one of the dumbest motherfuckers that you will ever meet. He's, a, he, he's the dumbest human being on planet Earth. I let everybody know that. And uh, yeah, we but, but he and I don't hold back. But still, but you still respected him for his art. He's a bad dude. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent.
1: In the midst of that, though, you're a marketing guru, right? Promotional <laughs> guru. You mentioned what the company that sells.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's it's definitely true that the feud between me, but it sells because it's real. It, it, yeah. You know, right. yeah. It, it isn't the WWE shit, you know, and it, and and this happens a lot here, you know. Think about this. I have. I have 750 alpha males and females that I oversee, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and that doesn't include my 350 employees. So, um, th- yeah, this is a business where I deal with the baddest human beings on planet Earth, you know, including women that will beat the shit out of men. You know what I mean? So we, it's, 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 an, it's an interesting dynamic here, different than any other yeah. business anywhere in the world.
3: Is that why you're so goddamn big? <laughs> Is now, you somebody you running for you? Like, your <laughs> forearm's the size of my thigh. Like, do you, do you work Wait out in case you gotta whoop you somebody's ass? You guys to call me big or but you not? But you just like, you, yeah, you up. Hey, I know you're 50 plus. I won't put the number out. <laughs> and
2: like, do you, do, do, are you no, ready? Are th- you ready to, you're, you're, you're the president of UFC. But Listen. are you ready to fight? Listen, man, I- I'm at an age where I fight to get on the treadmill every day. Let alone around, <laughs> around with any of these people, man. You know what I mean? No, I don't want to tu- fight any of these people. But you ain't going to turn it down. It, it, well, no, I'm not going to. Well,
1: <laughs> Someone I'm not going to fight it. anybody. Let's <laughs> yeah. just put it that way. <laughs>
2: yeah. it, the thing is that's cool about this sport, too, is, is our athletes are are unique in so many ways, as, and, and it's what makes these people so special. First of all, if you look at the top, the top five across the board in every weight class, to get there is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to get there. Almost nobody does it. And to become a world champion, next to nobody gets there and does it. Right. Um, and these people don't care about the real world and how it works. They don't want to go work and sit in a cubicle every day. They won't sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic and you know to a job and all this shit. They're just wired differently. That's why I knew when the shit hit the fan and I was going to go through COVID, I knew they'd go. I right. knew they'd go, I, I, I knew they would. And and what's crazy is, no matter what part of the world you're from, no matter what color you are, no matter what language you speak, it's, it's almost like w- we're all aligned here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the NBA, you, you had guys that wouldn't play, guys that wouldn't do this, guys that wouldn't do that, guys that had to get vaccinated immediately, Kyrie who wouldn't get vaccinated, yeah. um, my, my thing was, here, and again, this is all about us being Americans, mm-hmm. and this is what I want everybody to try to please remember, we're Americans, all of us, no matter what color you are, whatever, what religion you are, whatever the thing is, and this is a free country. Kyrie doesn't want to get vaccinated. Kyrie shouldn't get vaccinated. That's up to him. His body, it's his life. In this country, he gets to make that choice, and it started to get scary there for a minute where this whole thing was like you, you couldn't go to dinner right. unless you put this thing you couldn't go to work you couldn't be yeah. a part of society we didn't do that here if you felt safe getting vaccinated then you got vaccinated If you didn't feel safe getting vaccinated then don't get vaccinated that's the way this country works man so i, I we were, were all aligned here with that stuff there was none of that there was none of that bullshit going on here um and for all the craziness with Kyrie, I fucking respect the fact that he, he stood up for himself and, and, and did that. In, in a league where standing up for yourself wasn't, wasn't the smart thing to do. Right. That's the, that's the question I have for you, though. You talk about
0: standing up for yourself and, you know, you look at, you look at some of the, cha- the champions, right? You, uh, you have Francis, who, you know, you guys were talking about different things with contracts. Nathan Diaz is, yep. is, is on his last fight. Uh, John Jones, you know, a dude who at least to me, was the greatest champion we'd had. Like, we, yep. we've, 100%. we've like barely seen him in trouble, other than maybe, you know, just the mauler. Yep. When you deal with these dudes and, and you're trying to to make these fights, you know, you kind of talked about the politics thing as it opposes, you know, as it goes to, like, government. Are there politics in what you do, or are you like, I'm trying to make the best fight, I'm trying
2: to get the best champion, I'm trying to put the best product out yep. for those people who pay money to see you You just nailed it. it. There, there's no secrets here. There's no, you know, there's no politics. The best fight the best here. You know what I mean? One of the big problems with boxing has been you couldn't get the best to fight the best. You know? Riddick Bowe threw his belt in the garbage so that he didn't have to defend it against Lennox Lewis. And so many other things that have happened in the past where we didn't get to see the great fights we wanted to or we saw them way too late. Here, the best always fight the best. And uh, there's no secret to that here. There's no... This didn't just pop up yesterday. This has been the, 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 the way we run this business for 20 years. And, um, you know, there's always going to be headbutting. There There's always going to be, do you make enough money?
0: No, absolutely not. you that. make enough money?
2: I mean, <laughs> absolutely not. I, I want you to meet the guy that goes, oh, I'm good. I make plenty of money. I don't need, I don't need another dime. You're never going to meet that guy. Right. That's never going to happen. Everybody wants more money. And uh, the, one of the big problems with boxing too, that all those guys are overpaid. Mm -hmm. And every time they put on a fight, it's a going out of business sale. You know what I mean? We're just trying to get as much money as we (laughs) can from you guys and then we're out of here and we'll see you in three years. You can't build a league like that. You can't build a sport. You can't have 750 fighters under contract, making money, feeding their families every year with that kind of mentality. It doesn't work you have to run a business.
3: But what's the pay scale of a fighter? Like, what, the, the judgment of it, like you say, the boxers are over overpaid, making $70 million a fight, right. whatever it is, 20 million, whatever it is. Yep. So how do you evaluate what your fighters are worth in
2: that fight? Yep. So what we did is we built a business model where they share, if you're the champion, you share in the pay-per-view revenue. If you're the guy headlining the card, or there's been some special occasions where we know we know you're bringing in the money too. Yeah. That you're you're a yeah. big draw. So you too, get to share in the pay-per-view revenue. You eat what you kill. Mm. You know what I mean? I say that all the time. And yeah. and, 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 and the truth <laughs> is, you get some of these guys that, you know, you can walk in and say, "I want thirty million dollars." Okay, based on what? I do too. Give me thirty million dollars. You want thirty million dollars? Oh, right? yeah, yeah. We all want thirty. Based on what? if if if, if you look at and you're never gonna have the guys on the other side worrying about the business of the sport. Because it's always, this, is, this isn't a team sport. Right? Right? Give me me. You're not in a situation where Tom Brady says, I know I'm the best quarterback ever, right? Um, so I should be getting paid, you know, millions and millions of dollars. I'm going to take less money because I want to build a winning team. You know, I can't do everything myself. I need guys that can catch the ball. I need guys who can block me to make sure I don't get murdered. I need a good defensive line to hold it. So let's build a big team. I'll take less money. Very rarely does that happen in sports. But in this sport here, me, it's about me. Yeah. I'm the biggest star here. I knocked out 30 people. I did this. I did that. I want as much money as I can get. And I really don't give a shit about anybody else, including you, the boss that, you know, that runs the business. I don't care about this whole business. It's about me. So you have to maintain some sort of control over that type of stuff to run a real business. Because at the end of the day, the reason this business has been this rocket ship of success is because not only have we built a solid business where, you know, these fighters are all making lots of money and they're doing well, even guys that are, Journeymen are making, you know, we we, we got guys, if we, and the other thing that drives the media crazy, and a lot of the fans too, is we don't tell people what these guys get paid. So I always tell these fighters and I tell the media, ask them what they get paid. They can tell you what they make. I could tell you what each guy has made since the day he fought here, total since they've been here. Mm. I could give you all those numbers. I could have them in five minutes. You don't ever hear any of the fighters telling you what they get paid, ever. They don't want you to know either. Yeah. You know? And you guys know, you guys come from this world. As soon as that number comes out in the paper, what you get paid, looking at your pockets now, you know exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You start getting relatives and friends and shit you never knew you had, and everybody's coming, you know, trying to borrow money from you, and most of them aren't paying you back. You're rich. Yeah, you got the money. You that's don't need real. me to pay you back. Yeah, yeah. No, no No, that's it's real. No, that's you. real. 100. So. Does it does it bother you
0: when when people from the ups, outside, like the like the Paul brothers and different people, are always trying to point to your pay scale because they figured out a way to fool the
2: world into thinking that they're they're legitimate fighters? Well, no. And, and here's the thing. It's what I always say. If you don't like what I'm doing, you don't like the way I'm doing it. Go out and raise some money. I did, mm-hmm. and start your own. Yeah. Pay them whatever you want to pay them. That's what that clown from Triller was saying. The guy that, that runs Triller, <laughs> yeah. he, he came out with a statement. I pay my ushers more than he pays his fighters. You know how much money that guy's lost in the last two, three years? Mm-hmm. Crazy yeah. money. What the f*** are you bragging about? Right. You got to be the dumbest, most crooked businessman of all time and you're bragging about it yes yeah, and, and brought... but knock yourself out <laughs> pay the ushers right. whatever you want you <laughs> <laughs> idiot right i mean, it's just, we'll I mean yeah. when you put this stuff in context and, and talk about it we've built one of the most successful sports leagues of all time in 20 years people actually want to invest money into this thing which makes the sport grow which makes it uh more opportunities for more people not just the fighters but my employees and, and the people that we hire guys like you yep. who get to work on the show and it just continues to grow and grow and grow when you let these people come in and suck you know you know all the life and the money out of it, it doesn't work you have to run a real business and you have to have a business that people are interested and in, want to invest in
3: right yep. for sure and and RC brought up the the Paul brothers but Logan and Jake I got into it with Jake we've argued be argued before would would, would you let a celebrity UFC fight happen? Because now everybody's boxing. Everybody wants to fucking box. I know. Would you
2: let that happen? I, I know. And, and, and if you look at what's happened with them, you know, he's gone out there, Jake. Logan's cool. I I, I did his podcast recently, and he, he's a good kid, and, and and I like him. I've given him tickets before. Jake is the exact opposite. He likes to stir shit up and, and butt heads and all that stuff. Uh, you know, he, he's... It, it's... it's Attention 101. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's textbook how to get attention. I just take it for what it is. I, I mean, that's what it is. And the media like to, like to print it. The, not the real media. You know, the, the goofy internet guys li, like to, like to use what he <laughs> says because they, they, they're looking for clicks. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, that, that kid w- wants to fight here. Yeah. He doesn't want to fight here because he doesn't think we really don't pay, guys. He wants to fight here because he knows this is where the money is. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of what he says. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would never say never, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at it sometimes and it's and it's kind of intriguing, but it kind of goes against what I do. I really do bring the best of the yeah. best in. And I've tried to do a couple of those celebrity things with some WWE guys, some work, some didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, but I wouldn't say no. I did Mayweather McGregor when I said I would never do that. Yeah, that. I was about you to ask you me? about that. <laughs> so. Who
1: knows? Right. We. Uh, I want to go back. You talk about dropping out of school, different ways to make money, not going to college. Parents looking down on that and frowning on it. But we live in an age where YouTubers, YouTube, YouTubing is a big thing, right? We get paid from YouTube here on this podcast. Jake and Logan, do your kids like? Yeah, yeah. They. Do they your kids are YouTubers. Well, mine are.
2: The first time I ever heard of those two. Was from my daughter and her friends when they were really little. There was some song they were listening to or something. But yeah, this whole YouTube thing is fascinating. And, and you have these kids like Logan and Jake, the Nelk Boys, and and, and a lot of others, uh, Bryce Hall. Mm-hmm. Some of these kids who, who who have really parlayed YouTube videos into big money. And you gotta you gotta give them credit, man. It's 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 incredible. And uh, you know, I I might feud with some of these guys like. And hate Bob Arum. Mm. Bob Arum is a true scumbag, mm. who's done some bad shit. In, in dealing with him, right? But I, I you know, I, I don't hate Jake Paul. Jake paul's looking for attention. I hate the guy. <laughs> um, you know, and and everybody has their opinions. And I'm sitting here telling you guys about America and we're free. Everybody can have their own opinion, yeah. and 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 and, you know, it's all good. Right. And Dana, you may, you
0: mentioned. Like we, we've been talking about money. Uh, early on, you talk about building this business from 2 million to where it was and, and selling it. You know, you, you're a Bostonian, man, and, and then and, and from Vegas as well. Tell me, what what was that like? Like what did you do when you guys make the sale to WME and, and you know that not only is the business gonna keep growing, but now you have just all of this cash dumped on you? Was it like some big UFC party in, in Abu Dhabi? Did, you, did y'all hop on a, a big plane and you take everybody over? Like, what was the next?
2: It's a great question. And that is exactly what you would think, right? But it wasn't at all for me. It was actually a really bad time for me. I, I didn't want to do it. And I, uh, the fratitas were ready to get out. And they were like, and here was the thing, they had, the, they had a sit down with me. And they're basically like, you know, we had everybody in here going through the deal. Everybody was in here kicking the tires, looking to buy it from ESPN to uh, Turner, to all these different funds and groups from all over the world. And they sat me down and said, we're gonna sell this thing and and we're ready to go, but nobody will take it unless you stay. So you have to stay. You have to do this. And I was kind of in a weird place because I'd done this thing with them. You know, these are my best friends. We'd done it together. And I got a little up. I kind of uh, I took off for a little while, went up into a hotel room and didn't come out for a few days. Wow, yeah i was I was f***ed up over the whole thing. so um, then I snapped out of it, I got my shit together, and uh, yeah, you you know, the sale happened, you know, it ended up, so there were a few groups. and what I was saying is if I have to stay, d- don't make, and put me with some fucked up group of people that yeah. I you know what I mean? So, Ari was, was going at this thing hard. Mm. And, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to be with Ari, so it, uh, it worked out perfect. And Ari's been incredible to work with. So, you know, it couldn't have turned out any better. I still love it. I'm still having a blast. I get over my little phase. The money hits the bank, and it's a weird thing. It's a weird sensation. It's a weird thing, you know? I, I had money. I'd already had money. I'd had money for, you know, for 15 years before that. But then you get that kind of money. And, yeah. uh, you know, I how, built a bigger how, house. and. <laughs> how does
0: Dana walk away?
2: I don't walk away. Wow. Yeah, I don't walk away. Going through that transition with the Fertitas to, to WME was, was a good experience for me. And it, it, re- it reminded me how much I really love this business and love what I'm doing. So... They're they probably gonna have to come f- and drag me out of here. I, I I don't I don't see myself walking away from this. And
3: and Dana, you got all this goddamn money, man. You could just chill. I um, what's it called? Looking, looking for a fight. a fight. Yeah. You're going out there and chasing <laughs> bulls around, bro. If one of them kick you in your goddamn head, bro, you 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 got hundreds of millions. Like why are
2: you why do you do that, bro? Like it's a, I don't know why. Insane? That's a good question
3: What
2: is looking for a a great great You guys got (laughs) great questions, actually. Yeah, I don't know why I do that. Uh, You know, believe me, when I when we rode those bulls, everybody that was around me there was telling me not to can do it.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, I won't do it again. Let's put it (laughs) that way. That was a one (laughs) and done. I won't do that again. (laughs) Yeah. That one, and we 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 went out in the middle of Florida, the middle of nowhere, in the ocean put chum all over the water Mm -hmm. and we jumped in the water to see if we would find and sharks came from everywhere man and there was a shark coming up at us like the movie jaws that's some really white stuff and i thought that that this (laughs) thing was going to hit us i won't do that again either that was a one and done (laughs) yeah yeah
3: but you just got to see it
2: we do some dumb shit on that show
3: (laughs) you give me you give me a hundred million I'm sitting. I'm by an island and sit on my
2: ass. You just keep going and doing crazy <laughs> shit. But you, so you think you would? And everybody that's watching this right now all has that fantasy of. If I had this much money, I'd be sitting on an island somewhere, drinking a, a cocktail and whatever. How many days can you sit on the island and drink a cocktail yeah. before you're like, "All right, man, get me the hell out of here"? It's just you, you can't do it. I, I've been on like two week vacations where I'm like losing my mind and can't wait to get back to work. We all have to be a part of something. We all have to get up and, and I don't know, I like to win, man. I like to win. I have to get up and try to win every day. And uh, if I don't, it's just, I see why people die after they retire. It, it makes total sense. Yeah, right. You know, getting up and being a part of nothing. Yeah. You know, mowing your lawn or sitting in the backyard or. That shit
1: gets old quick, man. Hey <laughs> I'm gonna say this, man, really quick, and this is it for me. We got a, a small moment to hang out with you in Nashville, but it was late.
2: Yeah. But
1: here today, man, I think prior to this, I had been, you know, hearing things through the media, looking at you from their perspective. But I really wanna say, man, I appreciate you coming yeah. on the pivot and and really allowing us to see you. Thanks. You man. know, like from your from the horse's mouth and just sharing these moments with us. Uh, we learn a lot from all of our guests. You know, they, they tend to bring, this show tends to bring something out of them that we don't hear about all the time. I guess that's the pivot. But man, we appreciate you. Ryan usually raps, he's the consummate pro, Mr. ESPN. But I'm still in his glory right now. Cause <laughs> I it, respect bro. the fuck out of you. Thanks for, for having you me. Man. Appreciate it. Today, now,
0: thank you so much, man. That was amazing, man. Thank
1: you, guys. It. Oh, this was fun, man. Yeah, man. You, got, you guys it.
2: asked great questions. <laughs> I appreciate it, dog. right. <laughs> uh. Yeah, man. That was good, man. Oh, yeah. That was good. You know yeah. what's funny? And, and, and Lene, I'll tell you this. Every time somebody asks me to do a podcast, I'm like, the are these guys going to ask me that every other podcast hasn't asked me? You know what I mean? That was And then you guys were, that was great. good.
0: Hold up. Let me Take a stomach cap, pin it. I fought the head to witness it, Get my people feeling militant uh, Way I'm get me up, uh, on a mission, get me up uh, Knowing me, I got the key, uh, only vision I can trust uh, Trust, uh, limitless, nigga, stomach, cap, in it uh, I fought the head to witness it, Get my people feeling militant uh, Way I'm get me up, uh, on the mission, get me up